Stumble to the kitchen, pour myself a cup of ambition, yawn and stretch and try to come to life. Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping. Out on the streets, the traffic starts jumping with folks like me on the job from nine to five. Hello and welcome to the 9 to 5 Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jarrett McKay, joined by the regular panel of Elliot Good, Robbie Comer, and Ty Comer. We've got some fun topics to discuss in this week's episode, including the official retirement of Jason Witten, the series between the Caps of the Pens, and the new game to be played between the panelists during the seventh inning stretch. But we begin our show with LeBron James and his clutch game-winning shot to put the Cavs up 3-0 in the series with the dying Toronto Raptors. Once again, the Raptors find themselves shrinking in the playoffs against the LeBron-led team. And so, guys, will shots like these push people out of the Jordan era to viewing LeBron as the best basketball player in NBA history? Ty, let's start with you. Well, everybody knows my opinion on this one. Um, I already think that LeBron is the greatest of all time. I, I would put him up, just looking at the numbers, I would put him up against Michael Jordan. I would put him up just about anybody. But basketball is also a game that, I think there are so many different players that could be made out to be the greatest of all time. I think LeBron James has some supporters for that. Uh, I think uh, Michael has a lot of supporters for that. I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson. The list goes on and on. Shaq, uh, that's apparently Robbie's. He was the most dominant force in his time. But uh, and what if you go by winner? I mean, look at Bill Russell. But if you go by winner, yeah. If you go by winning, exactly. Winning, you go by rings. You got Robert Ory and Bill Russell, right? You know, so I mean, Big Shot Bob reference. That's right. Nobody can claim that Big Shot Bob wasn't clutch. I mean, it's in his nickname, Big Shot Bob. (laughs) Was Big Shot Bob the one who uh, took the cheap shot on Steve Nash and chucked him into that scorer's table and broke his nose? Yeah, is that Robert Ory? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, Robert Ory. No doubt that Rob loved that one. But uh, you know, it's just one of those things that I don't think even if LeBron gets six rings. I don't think there is a single person that's going to come off of it. So I, I think there saying, are some people that will come off of it, but I think that no matter what LeBron does, there's always going to be these, there are always going to be these people that think that Michael is just better. Because most most of the time, I mean, there are, like I said, those people that think that Kobe or or whoever else are the greatest of all time. But your prime, your 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 lion's share of the people that want to debate this are either LeBron and Michael, and I just don't think LeBron's going to be able to do anything well, to get himself over that hump. I think a lot of it is people want to say they saw the greatest. And people that grew up watching Jordan want to say, well, he was the best. But see, that's and, – and again, there's the thing for now, me. I don't totally agree with that. I here, just think that's the – Here's the thing for me. The, the, the generation that is seeing both of them, you know, like my dad is one of them. I, I will say right now, my dad just refuses – to listen to anything I say, LeBron. Well, Henry Dawson's like that. Yep. They're all on the Jordans. I guess it's, it's more so of So what does that say, though? Thing. Like Exactly. What about people that started watching Jordan uh, maybe when they were our age or a little bit younger, and then now they're still at the age where they're still into sports, they're watching LeBron, they got to see both Jordan and LeBron, and then they still say, I believe Jordan was the best. Is this a situation, is this like a test, like A, B, C, or D, C is definitely the right answer? Is this an opinionated answer? Oh, is, I, I mean, what, is, what are we talking about I here? think it's definitely opinionated. And, and Elliot, I'm going to ask your opinion on this here in a second, too. But, you know, I, it's all about what you're looking for for your GOAT. 
Yeah, what are your qualifications? What are your qualifications for GOAT? That is it stats? Is it rings? Is it leadership? Is, is, is it what he does on I, and off? Longevity? I test. I think longevity plays a huge part in it, and obviously LeBron has that. Absolutely. Uh, durability. Durability. Um, Elliot and Rod both need to give their takes on this. So Let me Elliot, step in real quick. Uh, we said something about the mental edge last week. Uh, yeah. We did not think this was going to happen, but I guess we'll hit that a little bit I'm, later. I'm pretty sure I mentioned that we all talked well, about that mental yeah, edge. Yeah, we, we talked about it. Right. I, I didn't think, think, I, think I, I quoted the great Skip Bayless saying they were going to sweep them. Just, we, we laughed. Please define great when referring to Skip Bayless. <laughs> <laughs> not great in his... No, I agree. No, no one saw this yeah, coming. Not, not, not this way. Yeah. Elliot, your take on the Jordan Lebron uh, debate here? As I've said, or as Ty said, I should say, um, I refuse to compare them because I didn't watch Jordan play that much. But I used to be an eye test guy. I went more toward a numbers guy here recently, and the numbers drastically favor Lebron James. So he's starting to sway me. Ty made a great point earlier. He's done more with less. You've never, he's always carried the team. He's never had that other star, that other great player to kind of help him along until D-Wade and Bosh. And, yeah, you can say that got him over the hump, but he continuously brings teams from the East with far less talent to the finals, to the conference championships, and comes out on top every time. So LeBron's starting to sway me in his way. Um, he's the best player that I've watched, certainly. A thing I would like to add is... How, how much he's improved as a jump shooter and just a shooter overall in the last two years. It's been incredible to watch. I always nitpicked on him for his lack of shooting, especially from the three-point line and free-throw line. The free-throw line has still been kind of an Achilles heel, but his outside shooting is just awesome this year. You saw the shot he made for the first game winner. The second game winner, he's dribbling to the left, fading away, one foot, one arm. It was just incredible. Called bank. Apparently called bank, according to Robbie. And it's just greatness on display, in my opinion. All right, Elliot, that's that's a solid pick. Rob, I know you jumped in there a little a little bit earlier when Ty was talking. Is there anything, though, that you want to add about this thing? I, I'm pretty sure you're leaning towards LeBron in this. I'm leaning there, but if he retired today, I wouldn't give it to him. But my take is he needs to get the all-time leading score record, which he's on pace for, because he only needs to average like something like 20 points over the next five years to get it. He's never lost in the first round. He took teams that included Booby Gibson, Mo Williams, and the Big Z to the finals. Uh, I've just never seen other West. No, yeah, Delonte West. Relations with his mother. Had relations (laughs) with his mother. Delonte West got in trouble. I think. Was he the one that got in trouble? Uh, I think they caught him carrying guns and like an guitar. Guitar case. So you had people like that on your team that, yes, he did uh, bring in the finals. But, yeah. What about holding your teammate at gunpoint uh, over a card game, Mr. Gilbert Arenas? <laughs> yeah. You just never see teams this poor make it with one star. Yeah. Very I, rare. I can't, I can't disagree with that. Um, anything else before I jump into my, my No, side but of this? Uh, I'm leaning LeBron. I think he gets there. Um, this is something that I believe in my friend group. I'm seems to be I'm one of the few that do usually take Jordan. However, I will admit that within the last couple of years, LeBron is really uh, – he's making a case for me to change my opinion on this, and this is why. I think that this thing – you mentioned this at the very beginning of the show, Ty, that this is an age thing. Is this where uh, millennials are leaning more towards LeBron 
whereas those that were in their 20s and 30s growing up in the 80s and the 90s, they're going to sway towards Jordan because at their peak of watching sports, they turn on the TV, and it's not like it is today where you have NBA Pass, you get to see whatever teams you – I mean, all these networks carry games. When you turn on the television, if Michael Jordan was on, that's what was going to be on the TV. If Jordan was playing, it was going to be him on TV, and that's what people watched. So I think the base of this debate is is age-based. And I'm not sure how people that are our age can definitively say who is better because we didn't see both players in their prime. Now, obviously, we saw LeBron. We saw him uh, come up from the high school as the prodigy that he proclaimed himself to be. I'm usually not a, a big fan of people giving themselves nicknames, as I made very clear on last week's show uh, with Playoff P. But when you name yourself the king and you live up to that, that in and of itself to me is impressive. I mean, he he has completely lived up and over overseeded the hype, I believe, um, with what he's been able to accomplish. But to my main point, we did not get to see the, that late 80s, 90s Jordan. Um, don't forget the, those Bulls teams that won back-to-back-to-back twice was only separated by the year that Jordan retired to go play baseball. And so that very, very easily could have been seven in a row um, yeah, he did have Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, Steve Kerr. He had a great coach as well. And it was also at the end. I don't want to hear uh, he did it over Magic and he did it over Larry because those were the end. You guys all know those were the ends of their careers. They were not even close right. to the same the players 80s, they were before. The 80s belonged to the Celtics and, and the, the Lakers. Lakers. Absolutely. And then Jordan came, and after he got matured, almost like LeBron, the 90s belonged to the Bulls. Um I will say this as well as regards to us not being able to see Jordan. I think it's unfair of us to just come out and say one is better than the other. And that goes both ways. So for me, I I don't think it's fair for me to come out and say, well, I think Jordan's better because I didn't see Jordan. As I think it's the same as if you would say, oh, I definitely think LeBron's better because you didn't see Jordan play. So on both sides, I think we have to take that into consideration. And then obviously the competition, the rules, rosters, free agency, that's different from time to time. I'm not saying it benefits LeBron or benefits Jordan more than the other. I just think we need to consider, hey, this stuff was different. The way they called the game, officiating, uh, the way that uh, offenses were run, the way defense was was played uh, in the 80s and 90s is different from it is today. I just think we have to take that into consideration if we're going to have this debate. Uh, I've already mentioned the retirement, breaking up – those those championship runs by the Bulls, um, and then I think for me, like the, I think it used to rub me the wrong way with 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 Ty talking about it. But again, like uh, like you say, LeBron's really starting to uh, start to sway my opinion. But I think for other people who swear up and down on LeBron and say, "Oh, he's definitely the best. This is no discussion. He's he's better than Jordan." And if he had the rings, the discussion would be just completely over. No one would be able to say anything. That kind of stuff turns me off to wanting to say that LeBron is the best. Um, But I will say this in ending this uh, topic. I have the utmost respect for LeBron. I think he has been the definition of a professional on and off the court. Uh, Like Elliot said, he has carried teams on his back to conference finals and finals. And although right now that if I was forced to pick who I think is the best, um, I think my bias in both player and team bias would make me say Jordan right now. I'm with Robbie. LeBron is, if he's not already there, he is rapidly climbing, especially with what he's doing this year with his playoff performances. And I used to give him the, well, if I want the ball in someone's hands, 
I would give it to Jordan 100 times out of 100. But now LeBron is starting to make those clutch shots in the playoffs. He's hit two within the last two weeks, and that's just helping his resume. So I respect LeBron. Uh, I have He is the best that I have seen personally, and I guess that's where I stand with that. Rob, you have another thought before we move on? Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to watch how LeBron ages, which he's in his 15th season. He's having his best year that he's had. It's really unreal. A lot of the problem is this guy we didn't is. get to see Jordan age because he had the re- couple retirements and he came back with mm-hmm. the Wizards slash Bullets and he was pitiful. So we, we're going to get to see LeBron age all the way to the end. Hopefully my, playing with his son. And my last, yeah, that would be awesome. My last comment would be, you know, it, it's a real shame that a lot of people, and I've had this discussion with Adam Campbell all the time, and, and a lot of people talk about, well, he flops all the time and he does this and does that. You know why people always talk about LeBron flopping more than everybody else is because he is under the microscope. You talk about how professional he is off the floor. Mm-hmm. Well, he's under the microscope everywhere, and he's still never been in any sort of off-the-field kind of trouble, off-the-court kind of trouble. Um, on the on the court, man, he's under the microscope so often, and you guys want to talk about flops, and he want, he want to talk about complaining about calls. Watch the rest of the NBA, please. Oh, yeah. I was about to interject Jose and say – Oh, yeah, that, that's a different – look, I, I I still agree with that. I think LeBron complains, but Ty's right. Look at the rest of the NBA. Everybody does it. All the good players do it. Some of the uh, players that are a little lower on the totem pole do it, but you don't really realize it. LeBron does whine and complain, but guess what? So does the rest of the league, so I think it's time that we just get over that. Yeah, to finish it, get over it, okay? Listen, like he – is greatness. You you just got to watch him and just enjoy the way he plays the game of basketball. I watched the game over at my Uncle Paul's last night. Uncle Paul, obviously a Jordan guy. He's, he was a big uh, Celtics fan, still a big C's fan apparently. He, he don't watch any, but he claims he's a big C's fan. <laughs> Shout out to Uncle Paul if he's watching. But uh, um, he talked about how fun it is just to watch the man play basketball. And if you can't sit there and watch LeBron James – and how dominant he is, and how good he is in his 15th year in the league, I'm sorry for you. I, I, I feel sorry for I you. I don't know what he's done to be hated other than beat your team. If he beats your team over and over, you can hate him. But Yes, just, that would be me. If you just <laughs> Folks that don't know, big Chicago Bulls fan right here, when Derrick Rose was at his apex, that was the person that continuously knocked my team out of the playoffs. So, yeah. If I have any uh, biases against LeBron, that might be a reason why. Maybe it's because I'm a Celtics fan, and he's never really bullied them. So I'm hoping to – it looks like we're going to get a matchup. Okay, right, final thoughts on this before we move on to the rest of the NBA. One more thing I'd like to add in regards to Robbie talking about LeBron aging and you talking about the league changing. I think these athletes are changing. I think they're evolving. I think the level of competition is higher than what it was back then. Um with nutrition and fitness and all these things nowadays, I just think everyone is getting better and the level of competition is raised, which I think makes it even more impressive. That's a great point. Good point. Yeah, it is, and it's definitely correct. So 15 minutes and 26 seconds of slurping the king. Let's move on to the rest of the NBA playoffs. <laughs> Guys, we'll start off with the Sixers and the Celtics. And who saw this one coming? Celtics are up 3-0 to zero against the Sixers. And... Philadelphia, the young Sixer team led by uh, Brett Brown, uh, they're, are they struggling right now uh, just to get a game in against the Brad Stevens-led Celtics? So, Robbie, I know you're a Celtics fan. We'll let you start off with this one. 
What's going on with the Celtics and the Sixers right now? Well, it's completely shocked me. I think I picked the Sixers in six last week, solely on the fact of Embiid and Ben Simmons, who has yet to show up. Well, he showed up a little bit last game. But when you drop, gave a, him a point. You drop a one pointer in <laughs> there. Gave him a point. You better be doing something <laughs> special the next game. Brett Brown, he's been an embarrassment. He got. He's getting out. Embarrassment's a little raw. He's getting out. He is getting out coached. Every level. Every he's getting out coached. He went no with about it. the McConnell boy was really hot the other night, and they were up by two. He brings Simmons in. They end up losing the game by five. And I know Simmons is the big name, but I believe you go with the hot hand. Go with the hot hand. And Brad Stevens, you just can't talk about how great he's been. He's. They say he drawed up the play last night. I thought it was more of a just what happened out there, but they said it was actually a drawn up play. I was very surprised. They're very. They're. They're well above expectations. You got Tatum playing really high. I was waiting for the Jason Tatum. Duke reference there. there. Yeah. Um, no Kyrie. No Gordon Hayward. And I believe Jalen Brown was hurt at Jaylen, the beginning of this yeah, series, Jalen Brown has got a strain. It's like hamstring. a grade one hamstring hamstring injury. But he's he's doing what he can. Terry, Scary Terry has been really good. He has been unreal. And I've, I can't wait to Which talk about I have him. To give, he's becoming one of my favorite players. I honestly. have to give Danny Ainge a lot of credit on that one because that is who the Bulls wanted when the Jimmy Butler talks were happening and that's who Danny Ainge refused to give up and that's why that never went down so I'm excited to see how he develops looks like Danny saw something the rest of us didn't let's go to someone else who got this pick wrong last week Elliot what's your thoughts on the Sixers and the Celtics I certainly did I believe you were the only one who got it correct last week I will make that clear every time we talk about this topic that's right but uh, Elliot go ahead I believe Robbie nailed it on the head Uh, Brad Stevens out coaching thoroughly each team that they've played this is the time of year where coaching shows through. When you have a seven-game yep. series, it's easier to make adjustments for the better coach. Mm-hmm. He outsmarts the other guy. Also, the emergence of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Terry Rozier. If you played NBA DFS this year, when Kyrie Irving was out, Terry Rozier stepped in and just filled it up. For those idiots like me, what can you? What is DFS? DraftKings. That, that would be daily fantasy sports. Daily fantasy as in sports. Kings, okay. okay, that's why he does the fantasy corner. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I need your help. I need your help. But at their young ages, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, what are they, 20 and 21? They they have just far exceeded expectations for me, and that's been the biggest part of this series to I mean, me. What's Tatum averaging this series? It's like 22. I don't know, but he's taking over late in games. He is the first rookie, or not first rookie, but first player that's 20 or under to average 20 points. I like the cahooties he showed yesterday when he uh, tried to dunk on a yeah, beat and told him you got lucky. That would have been big time. <laughs> he did, certainly did. I finished with yeah, as I was saying, Brad Stevens is the biggest impact for this team. They they don't really fit to me as a roster on paper, but he makes it work. He puts players in the be- best position to succeed. Al Horford is an extreme mismatch for Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. but as you said, Ben Simmons has had a terrible series. I think that's Brad. I think he's saying, okay, we're not going to be able to stop Embiid, so let's do what we can to limit their other star and make it tough on them. Well, speaking of the Al Horford mismatch, really quick before we uh, get to you, Ty, uh, Thursday, was it? I believe it was Thursday night. Uh, well, I went to Roanoke. Uh, my brother graduated Friday from uh, from Jefferson College. And Congrats, my, Jay. Yeah, good shout Hello, out, Jay. Um, anyway, uh, Thursday night, my dad uh, my dad was up in the hotel room uh, watching the playoff game. And uh, I went up there and met him. And as soon as I sat down, you know, it was towards the end of the game, the Sixers and the Celtics, I believe it uh, might have been game two because it was in Boston. 
And uh, I saw where Al Horford just, I mean, just embarrassed Joel Embiid off the dribble. Just ran right by him for like a, almost a game soon. Embiid looks so that, slow. I don't he looks slow defensively. I've got that written down myself, so I'm glad you pointed out that mismatch. Yeah. Um, is that all you got for the Sixers and Celtics? Because I know Ty has to give his thoughts as well. That, that's pretty much that, and Ben Simmons needs to show up. Yeah, yeah. I'll give <laughs> my thoughts real quick. This is why we don't call ourselves experts. We don't, you know, try to, you know... We're not on ESPN with some title about NBA analyst that we're just just the best ever, best Brian greatest Windhorst. ever. Brian Windhorst knows. Yeah, what I like. About. I actually like. No, Brian I like Windhorst too. I like Brian but these, these all these guys that claim to be these just uh, experts on the topic. Nobody's an expert. Stephen A. Smith believes he is everywhere. the smartest person on the face of the earth. Oh, he I thinks, know he does. He thinks God put him on this earth. But I said last week, Sixers in five. And then you went on talking about it, and I said, that's a real cute story, Sixers in five. This is just showing you how wrong I am. This is showing you how wrong basically all of us are. I think Jarrett just threw I think Jarrett threw Boston in there. And go back and listen to it if you don't think I'm right here. But Jarrett threw that in there as a pity pick because he wanted to disagree uh, with the rest I'm of I'm not sure if it was a pity yeah, pick. It was a pity pick. That was so I'll be the like, different one here. Yeah, but, I I also, but I also – He said, uh, what the hell, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm almost positive, folks. So I'm go back to the point of the Celtics wagon since his bulls are struggling anyway. Maybe he's coming that way. Ben Simmons, uh, it's been an unacceptable, man. Uh, you cannot go in and score one point. You know, all these people want to talk about how LeBron disappeared against the Dallas Mavericks. He has never, ever in his life only scored one point in a basketball game. Four shots. you got to assert yourself. Yeah, well, he, he tried to say that it's self-inflicted. Like, just say it. You're getting beat. <laughs> <laughs> Something about his aura. Yeah, I'm I don't like really, it. I don't like something it about his aura that I'm not too comfortable with. The Donovan Mitchell thing. Very poor. Well, let me get my... Uh, let me get my stuff out of the way here. You know, they're down 0-3. I've already said Brad Stevens, outstanding coaching job, like I said he would do last week. It was it was a little bit of a pick to conflict everyone else. But here's, here's what's happening. The Sixers are too young and they're unexperienced to have a great success this early. Now, I know the Celtics are also young and unexperienced, but you do have Terry Rozier, who I believe this is his third year, Al Horford, seasoned veteran, Brad Stevens, veteran coach that a lot of people uh, think is the best coach in the league or uh, second best coach in the league. And, and, and I think that that leadership is something that the Sixers just don't have. I mean, you do have J.J. Redick uh, at the guard. He's a seasoned veteran. But when your best players are players that haven't even had NCAA tournament experience. So one of the notes that I have made was that Ben Simmons, Markel Foltz played on teams that I don't even think made the tournament. They didn't make the tournament. So they haven't had any really big game experiences, and you rely on these people. Now, Joel Embiid, who had the tournament experience with Kansas, but I think he was hurt. He was hurt for the tournament. He was Again, Joel Embiid, no tournament experience. Your top three picks there that are supposed to make this team with the process don't have – tournament experience, don't have playoff experience, and this is a team that had some of the worst records in the last few years. So what are we really expecting here? But what about J.J. Redick? Well, that's one one player. (laughs) That's, I mean... I'm just kidding. J.J. Redick, he's been a solid piece, and he's helped them get to where they're at. But if he's your main guy, you're He's been the lead scorer, right? Yes. So I talked about Al Horford and his veteran leadership. Terry Rozier, what, what a playoff this guy's having. And at the end of the season, he was really 
really balling out without Kyrie in there. And, and you're right, Ty. Ty's making the money, son. He's going to be up for a big payday whenever that contract comes. He's really rapidly becoming one of my favorite players. Just stepping into that role so well. And I think a question that comes to mind to me is when Gordon Hayward and, and Kyrie Irving comes back, is this guy where's this guy going to play? Is he going to be coming off the bench and possibly winning sixth man of the year award? I mean, he is playing lights out. Um, Robbie, you've mentioned, I mean, everyone's mentioned the lack of play from Ben Simmons. Uh, Gerald and B look slow on defense. I think we mentioned that earlier as well. Brett Brown, questionable coaching decisions. This series is over. Uh, I think it was a good season with the Sixers. I'm not saying it was a failure. Obviously, we would have liked to see a more competitive series here. But the Celtics, I think, right now, experience in coaching is going to lead them on to uh, to the next round. I'll be surprised if the Sixers can even uh, wedge out that last win. I think the Sixers have exceeded expectations. Yeah. I mean, they made the season. playoffs. Yeah. I, I, said, around. I said I think this year they might grab a 7 or 8 seed. They obviously did better than that. Um, a lot of people consider the East was a bit of a weak conference. But, hey, I think the Six, like you said, I think they uh, over – Maybe overreached a little bit with how many wins that they got. Um, they advanced in that first round. I think the Miami. East is showing it's a little bit stronger too than, than what, than what people gave it It's got a lot of youth. It's got a lot of. It does. It's going to be strong. It's going to be. Yeah, it's on its way. But you've got um, uh, Ben Simmons is averaging eleven point seven points this series, and a correction on the Tatum, he's averaging twenty four point three. Oh, and that's for the playoffs or for the season? For this for series. Playoffs. This series. This series. This series. Pretty impressive. Let's move on to uh, the other Eastern Conference uh, playoff series. We've already mentioned this a little bit, so we're not going to spend too much time on it, but Toronto being dominated by LeBron and Cleveland again. Are we? Is anybody going to dis- dispute that this series are over? Can, can Toronto squeeze one out? And what might be a more uh, pressing topic is what's going to happen with this team after this year? Do they blow this thing up? Does Dwayne Casey stay? I mean, I'm Pretty sure he won coach of the year after the year that they had. They set a record in, uh, in wins and during the regular season. What's next for Toronto? I mean, they're up 3-0. This obviously, I mean, unless they make history and make this comeback, this thing's over. I think you Washington capitals it. I think you change up just some small things. Like, it, I'm sorry to say that because I, I love the Caps, but it's every year that we're getting beat by the Pittsburgh Penguins. We'll talk about that here in just a quick minute. Uh, but... Uh, they just change just certain things about their team, and, and they take different strategies into each year. Um, and, and I think you just got to continue to try to mix it up just a, just a little bit because I really do think that Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan and uh, Jonas Valanciunas are, are a strong core that you need to stick with. That are now down 0-3 to LeBron, Kevin Love, and a bunch of old players. Rob? I think you tear it up because – if LeBron this was does, their chance, right? If, yeah, this was yeah, their yeah, opportunity yeah. If, to if LeBron, take LeBron down. If LeBron does go elsewhere, I think he's going to stay in the East, and you're never going to beat him. You've shown that. This is an embarrassment. Yeah, I'm not even sure it's Cleveland. I think it's, it's something LeBron. about LeBron that you're, they can't handle. They, they, The last game, they looked like they, I don't know, they just weren't competitive until the end. And then you have LeBron just dominating them. The game winner's got to make it worse. Yeah, yeah they got to make it worse. Just such a killer. Elliot. Dwayne Casey, he's just, I think he needs to go. I have to say, the series is playing out similarly, similarly, uh, close to what I you thought. You called it. <laughs> I think you might have called this one, didn't you? I did. I actually said. You said the matchups I, were good for Cleveland. I did. With the Rosen and Lowry, they're their best players, and that's where the Cavs are best defensively. So it's playing out like I thought it would, with, but a little more conviction on the Cleveland side. 
that I did not expect it to be this lopsided. I, th- I think I believe I believe I said in six. Yeah, I think me, what, me, you, and Todd all said six, didn't we? I think I said no. Toronto had or Ty had Toronto I had winning. Toronto. I, I said six in for six. Dad. I doubted Daddy. That's true. I had Toronto in seven. Never doubt Dad. I had him in six. I had it. Boy, do I look down. Yeah. Yes. I think Colin Coward tweeted it best this morning. There was certainly a lack of air in that Toronto shoot around this morning. This thing's over. Oh, it's over. So Toronto deserves no more Even time from this podcast. <laughs> Moving on to the West, uh, Pels and Jazz each take a game from the Warriors and the Rockets. And I believe that there's a game going right now. Let me check on that real quick. But, Elliot, thoughts on the Pelicans and the Warriors uh, series before we check on this Rockets and uh, Jazz game? Actually, before you say that, I'm going to interrupt you once again. The Rockets win 100-87. to They now have a 3-1 to lead over the Jazz. So, Elliot, let's recap the Warriors Warriors and Pelicans Pelicans, and the Rockets and the Jazz. As I said, if Steph Curry's healthy, this isn't going to be a close series. They don't have DeMarcus Cousins. Maybe a different story if they have him. But the Warriors are just too talented. Four All-Stars in the starting lineup. I believe they went with Iggy in the starting lineup today, if I'm not mistaken. And they played great defensively. Durant's playing better and better. Wait, what what position did, did he start for Curry today? No, Curry started. They went with the death. The oh, death okay. So Draymond moved to yes, five to guard okay. Davis, which I thought they should have done for a long time because Zaza and JaVale McGee no. just simply shouldn't be no. on the basketball Zaza. floor. Dirty. No. <laughs> but regarding Steve Kerr, I look at that kind of like I look at Brad Stevens. He's a, I think he's one of the top three or four coaches in the league. He just Their system, it works. It's similar to what the Rockets are doing. It's going more in the analytical route which I think is another problem for Toronto. If you look at it, DeMar DeRozan shot 3 for 12. He's historically a bad shooter. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's going to work. I agree. They should blow that up. But going back to this series, this series is over. So yeah. just, just how the Cleveland one is, the Warriors are just better, just a better team. They're the best team. They're going to win it if they're healthy. So A quick note on the on Steve Kerr thing. I, I think it's just uh, as impressive for him to manage. I don't think he has a problem with really the egos there. But just to manage that type of talent all at one team, I think it's pretty impressive to not have the egos take over the team. That's yeah, you're keeping everybody happy. Say. As keep we said with the Thunder, happy. there's only one basketball, and yeah. is but, that going to work? Well, the Thunder doesn't have the uh, the medicine that the Warriors have, and by medicine I mean winning. Winning fixes everything. Very true. Um, you know, while we're while we stick with y'all, you gave your thoughts on the Warriors. Give us your thoughts on the Rockets and Jazz, which is also three one. Pretty much the same thing here. This series is almost over. Although the, uh, a good show in there from the Jazz. I said I thought the Jazz would steal one game if Rubio came back. He didn't, but they still were able to steal one. I think this ends in the next game. The Rockets came out one by 13 tonight, shut the Jazz down to 87 points, which isn't the Rockets' forte. So I think that's pretty demoralizing for Utah, and they'll come out flat in, in game five. Right. And I, I thought it was kind of embarrassing for the Rockets as an organization after they lost that game, uh, game two. And um, their coach, Mike D'Antoni, came out and said that we were lulled to sleep after the first game. Well, just a heads up, Mike, you haven't won anything. So remember, the Rockets haven't won a championship. You haven't won a championship. You shouldn't be getting bored just because you're playing the Jazz in this round until you start winning championships. I don't know if you can do that. But they came out. They did their business the next two games. And I think you're right. I think they're ready to close this thing out. Ty? Yeah, I uh, just going back to the Golden State and the Pelicans, I, I did say that the Pelicans would steal one. Uh, I'll, I'll toot the horn, and uh, I, I got that one right. Um, Anthony Davis is just—he's just a man-child. He's tough to stop. Uh, but 
it's really tough to talk about these West series right now because of what you said, it's it's almost a foregone conclusion that Houston and Golden State will be moving on, whether it be in the next game yep. or, or maybe the game after if somebody gets really, really lucky and steals another. But we'll I have a much more filling show, I think, once we get to that conference final. Absolutely. This, Absolutely. this topic will Absolutely. be – That's what everyone's been looking for. This to. topic will be a lot more fun to talk about and a lot See, more fun for why, you to listen to, yeah, and quite why do frankly. We, why do we talk about how weak the East is? When all these series have been very competitive, other than obviously the Toronto and Cleveland one right now, but that nobody saw that one coming. Mm-hmm. Why do we talk about that when there was obviously two teams in the West that were just that much well, better than Well, off the else. show, I think me and Rob were talking about um, up at the townhouse, before, right as the playoffs started, that the first round and the first two rounds in both conferences were going to be better to watch than the later rounds because yeah, yep. of the towering – uh, talent at the very top of the conference as opposed to how it kind of evens out in those bottom six teams. The only thing that might beat it is when the Rockets play the Warriors. Yeah, so I think those early rounds, I think we got lucky. Usually the lower rounds, uh, we yeah, see those sweeps, the and now we're getting the sweeps later on. We saw the eight seed compete with the one seed. Yeah. You know, yeah. I thought it was all, all around, I thought the East was, maybe it's not as strong championship-wise. I don't think that whoever comes out of the East is going to win over whoever comes out of Houston and Golden State. Mm-hmm. But as a, as a whole, I thought they were more of a solid conference than the West. I could agree with that. Rob, your uh, thoughts on the Western Conference playoffs right now? Uh, well, the Rockets have won two. It was 94-95. But give them a little credit, Dan Tony. But um, I think oh he did win two championships not him he not did, him but the the Rockets won the oh Rockets. the Rockets ninety four oh yeah 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 I meant this current Rockets <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah 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 of course yeah. I, want, I want we had an error last week I want yeah. to make sure but uh, it's over it was game four I believe the the Rockets were up like eighty four to forty three at one point and oh dear it, it got close in the box score but it really wasn't oh, close yeah. oh dear uh, this series is over the Jazz they Donovan Mitchell gave him a heck of a run should win Rookie of the Year but. He's going to come up short on this one. Yep. So that's our Western Conference take on the playoffs. Anybody have any last thoughts before we take our break? If not, we'll be right back. We're done talking about the association. When we come back, we're going to be talking about two ex-Cowboys and what their futures are in football. We'll be right back. All right, boys and girls, welcome back. To nine to five sports, we're going to finish out our starting lineup talking about some NFL. And today's NFL topics are going to be dominated by ex-Cowboys. Imagine that you got two people on this uh, panel that are Cowboys fans, and we get to run the show today. So let's start off with Jason Witten. Um, this week, uh, we had some rumors that Jason Witten uh, had decided to retire from football and join the Monday Night Football booth to color commentate football on Mondays for ESPN. And then just a few days ago, that was made official at the press conference um, at the Cowboys practice facility, the Star, where he officially announced his retirement from the National Football League. And so I'm really interested to see uh, the opinions of Rob and I, Cowboys fans, longtime Cowboys fans, to opinions of two lifetime Redskins fans, the arch rivals of us, and uh, looking forward to to hearing the thoughts from Elliot and Ty. So why don't we go ahead and let you guys start it off. Ty or Elliot, either one of you take this away. What are your thoughts on the retirement of Jason Witten? 
Well, I think I said it right before we came back on here in our break. It's just nice knowing that as a Skins fan, if we have you in third and sixth, that it's not automatic. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't say that it, makes it was my automatic. Heart hurt. I would not say that it was automatic beforehand, but it was very, very close to being automatic with Jason Witten. Mr. Reliable. It, it's, it's automatic. He's going to at least look his way. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he's always going to be, if he's not open, he's going to force himself open. And, and I think it's a testament to, you know, he talked about in his press conference his, uh, his, his coaching by Bill Parcells. Um, Parcells t- telling him that he's got the, uh, what did he have, the formula for tight ends mm-hmm. in this league. And, and Witten got his jaw broken in, in the, one of the next few games and only missed one game because of it. And I just think that that, along with his career highlight of his helmet getting ripped off and continuing to move forward, <laughs> his best that, play. that's the play that, that everyone his, always remembers, the Philadelphia play. Yeah, that's his best play. It, it's the play that everybody <clears throat> remembers, and it's the play that I think best exemplifies a player like Jason Witten. It was unbelievable. It was hard to stop. Um, it, he was just going to continue to just dominate your team, and there was really nothing you could do about it. Uh, I think he's a huge reason why these hybrid safeties started coming into play. Uh, the the Sua Cravens of the world, the Derwin James of the world, uh, Jason Witten was is just a, a problematic matchup. Yep, and not really a, not an athletic freak. I'm not. We're not talking about Tony Gonzalez, Rob Gronkowski here, are we? No, no, absolutely not. I just think he was so smart at how he played the game, and so well, he was so well put together physically. That wild option strong. route. I it mean, was it worked it was for 15 years. So tough to stop. He was gonna probably be open about 90% of the time. Uh, the other 10% of the time, he's probably going to just make a solid catch on you. His um, strength kind of remi- reminds you of uh, Kitty. Yeah, it does. It's just, it does. It's like just there. Plays. It's not so much that it's ripped and... Right. He doesn't look the bullshit. part. He's just... And not the king of rack yards either. He's not no. going to burn you. No, I can count on one hand how many tackles I've seen him break. But <laughs> it looks to me like you're just saying one of the most reliable... Targets that I hate the Cowboys him, have had. I hate to see him go, history. but I love to watch him leave. Uh, you know, I, I know it's hard for you Cowboys fans, but it makes my life as a Redskins fan just that much easier. It's it's not an easy life as a Skins fan, but uh, Witten, Witten retiring is is uh, it's sad for the league, but but happy. It makes my heart happy. Hey, for the listener's sake, I'd like to jump on you and. And hound you with stats, but I, I respect everything you said there about him. I, I really don't disagree with anything. And now another Redskins take on the career that was Jason Witten's. Speaking of stats, and you brought up Tony Gonzalez, Jason Witten's second all-time in catches for a tight end behind Mr. Gonzalez. As you said also, not an athletic freak, not the typical tight end of today's NFL. No. I mean, you have your Tony Gonzalez's, your Antonio Gates, Rob Gronkowski. Mm-hmm. Jason Witten didn't fit that mold. Jimmy Graham. He was just... Yeah, Jimmy Graham's another good one. He he just found a way to get open, as Ty said. He was hard-nosed, blue-collar, set an example for the rest of the team, especially the younger guys, in my opinion. As a Redskins fan, it was, as Ty said, he third and sixth, they were going to Jason Witten. So That's right. it's glad to have that out of the division. But also, on the other hand, I admired Jason Witten. He was one of the few Cowboys that I didn't enjoyed mind. watching yeah. or didn't mind. He has a great attitude. You always see him doing charity events with the Cowboys, mm-hmm. with the fans, with the team. He's always on the NFL commercials, the Play 60 commercial, I believe. Just just seems like an all-around all genuine guy and just a model citizen for the NFL. So, as Ty said, yeah, 
you hate to see him go, even as a Redskins fan. And Jason Witten just exemplified what it meant to be a the role Dallas model Cowboys. for the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. And I think Dak said it best, by the way, when Dak said he taught you what it was like to be a Dallas Cowboy. He told, he showed you how you are supposed to act. Yep. And there were some times where I'm sure some of the younger guys, especially some uh, receivers that have came through Dallas <laughs> within the last few years, that uh, had some had some disagreements, but I, I think Witten mentioned it in his retirement speech. Anytime he got on guys, it was because he cared. He wanted them to represent the team well. And uh, through all the touchdowns and the yards and the catches against the Redskins, I know I've remembered several of the hits that some of the skins have put on my man Witten. But uh, it's been it's been fun. It's been a fun battle to see him. Uh, it's always fun to see the Cowboys and the Redskins play, but to see the matchups between the safeties and the linebackers that the skins put on them. And uh, how we run the routes with Witten has has always been fun the last last fifteen years. Um, Elliot, if you don't have anything else to say, I know it, uh, if I if I was in your seat, I wouldn't want to talk extensively about a Redskin that uh, <laughs> yeah, that like I would then go to the Hall of Fame thing to to continue. I, I don't know how I'd be comfortable continuing. So, Rob, uh, what are your thoughts on on Witten leaving us? After 15 years of service. Oh, I think I actually shed a tear or two during the <laughs> press conference. Seeing Jerry, Jerry was crying. It was rough. It was Honestly, rough. it was rough to it, see it, someone it, you've watched it, since first Not grade, even from really. hurt the team standpoint of me getting old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, made, this is for all of us. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so when we first started buying Madden, Witten was there. He's not going to be on the next Madden, so think of that. <laughs> Hearing the stories of him and Romo on the team bus in 03 when they were both rookies, and mm-hmm. they couldn't believe that this was how their careers ended up being. But, yeah, it, you can't blame him for leaving. He's only 36, and talking about the stats Elliot gave, he's only 36, and he's second behind Gonzalez. He could have easily called him. Gonzalez played to, like, 40. So, And Witten just said the other day he was going to play till he was 40. But I think the real kicker was is ESPN offered him $4 million a year, which is double his playing yeah. salary. And that's that might have been the kicker right and you, there. You can't blame him for nah. when he, he's, he's missed one game over 15 years. Yep, that's that's broken incredible. Jo- and it was a broken jaw. Oh, he, he played he busted his spleen against the Raiders in the preseason. He played the first game, first week of the season against the Giants. And Bill Parcell, the Bill Parcell stories he gave was really good. She's the last good coach Dallas really had, but that's another topic. Jarrett? Well, I mean, I think this is for all of us. Again, it, it kind of shows our age, you know, uh, to see someone go through an entire career we've seen from start to finish. And we've seen this from other players. Now, I'm not saying that he was as good at his position as people like Ray Lewis, Brian Erlacher, guys like Peyton Manning. But we've seen these type of guys that we watched in first grade. We've seen them from start to finish. We have seen their entire careers play out. We've played with them on video games. We've watched them on TV. And it's it was just a wonder. And it was special to me because I could see a guy that played for my team that I considered one of the best at his positions. Um, at, at, at the tight end. Elliot mentioned he's second in, receive, in, in receptions for tight ends. He's actually fourth in receptions all time. Uh, and that's all positions through wide receivers and tight ends. He finished with 1,152 catches, uh, 12,448 yards, and 68 touchdowns. Now, the touchdowns has already been surpassed, I believe, by Rob Gronkowski, uh, and that's going to continue to soar. And like I said, he's not an athletic freak like that, but I think what a lot of people forget is the, is the blocking 
I think Witten was one of the better blocking tight ends, and, and that was kind of his role, his niche there the last couple years in Dallas. He did make those third-down catches, but his numbers with receptions and stuff went down. But just his ability to play whatever role that we needed him to play, I thought, is is what we're going to miss the most. Um, Rob mentioned this earlier. One of the big highlights that I had is that he missed one game in 15 years. We talked about LeBron, how impressive he is longevity. He doesn't get hurt. He doesn't miss games. Besides the year that he took a week off and went to Miami for whatever <laughs> he did down there. But but he doesn't miss games. He's going to be there. I think one of the best abilities is availability, and he was available at all times. He was always there. He's a role model on and off the field. He's the definition definition of consistency with his productions and his leadership. That being said, it is hard to turn down whatever he's making for $4.5 million to talk about football on Monday nights on television. And so... I will admit that, and I, I think I speak for Rob and myself, we were pretty uh, pretty upset at this guy. We were in Boston, actually, when we found out the initial rumor that he had planned on retiring. This is before he made it official, but um, I'm pretty sure we were a little upset there with him. Well, I'm still not at first quite over it, but He I was in the doghouse, but are we really going to sit here and, no. and put this guy in the doghouse? No, he, he deserves to do what he wants. He played. Uh, he had a hell of a career. I'm, I hate to see him leave without a Super Bowl, but um, I think he's the best old, so to speak, old-fashioned tight end you'll see. Yeah, and and I think I, I wrote down a question that I, I'd like all of you to answer because I I think it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what you think this does strategic-wise to the Cowboys. Where does this leave us as a team? Uh, what is going to happen at tight end. I think this definitely makes this Dak's team now. I think when people before looked at the Cowboys, this was kind of Witten's team. He was like the last one there from the Romo era. I think this is now completely Dak's team. We win with Dak. We lose with Dak. He's the face of the team. Um, he's kind of the captain now without Witten there. So quick thoughts before I ask the final question about Witten. Where does this leave us uh, with regards to offense, how or in easier, in other words, do you how much do you think this is going to impact our offense, Elliot? Well, we said he hadn't contributed as much as a pass catcher in recent years, but he was still able to impact the offense in other ways. Mm-hmm. I I think it leaves the Cowboys in a situation where they need to get some kind of pass catcher, whether it be receiver or tight end, because they're really lacking in that department right. now. And as you said, with Dak potentially taking over the franchise. You need people to make it easier on him and to make his to make his job easier and make him look better and succeed. So that's where I would go with it. They need to find some kind of help for him. And I know y'all wanted to take a tight end in the draft. I think the Eagles traded up yep. just before you to take one. That was named know. Dallas. So was named Dallas. Obviously, we knew what they were doing there. Yes, there may have been some shade on yep. Mr. Re- Howie Rosen. I, uh, my level of tolerance for the Eagles is really starting to run thin recently. <laughs> I do believe you got a tight end later in the draft. Yeah, so they did from Stanford. Hope, hopefully, they can more of a James Hanna type of guy. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. a blocker. Okay. Well, Rico is the hope. Yeah, Rico got I'm it, not sure know. where my faith is. He's not. the hope. Tie effects on the Cowboys offense. Uh, you said it, it's going to be minimal in the pass catching. Uh, I think, uh, but uh, that coupled with the Des Bryant. Yep. Departure is going to be huge. In the same offseason, both gone. Uh, I think it's going to be a confidence thing for, for Dak for as well. Like yep. you, on those third and sixes, as we talked about, who's he going to now? 
It ain't Des. It ain't Witten. Originally, it'd be Witten, right? And is this? Oh, maybe not Witten. Okay, we're going to Des. Well, can't go to Des either. So it, now, who are we going to? Is this an off season where someone like Ezekiel Elliott has to step up and play more of a role of Le'Veon Bell to go out and catch more balls and out of the backfield, maybe run some? Yeah, routes. whatever you can do to get the ball in that boy's hands, you, you do it. Rob, it's killer. Um, Des, when Des left, I was like, well. It changes the defense, but we've still got Witten. When Witten leaves, it really changes the defense because you're going Ezekiel's going to be facing eight and nine man boxes, and Dak he's not the most accurate guy in the world. Garrett beats him every practice afterwards, so he's not going to fit it in the tight windows. He needs a receiver to get wide open. It scares me. I I really hope he can. Show more accuracy than he did last year because it's going to be some tight windows with Alan Hearns and Terrence Williams and Beasley yeah. and the new newly acquired Tavon Austin. Uh, no more Bryce Butler, the speed demon, but it's just the defense is going to be really focused on the running game. The line's going to have to come to play for sure. Ezekiel's going to have to run the hell out of the football. Yep. And so my final question, I'm, I don't want to have to keep having you all talk about Witten. Um, Oh, you love it, don't you? Oh, I, I personally love it, but like then I'm like, ah, you know, if this is me. So, real quick, is Witten a Hall of Famer? Is he a first-round Hall of Famer? And we don't have to take a lot of time on this, just a simple yes or no, and then a quick uh, backing up of your answer. Hall of Famer, first ballot. Elliot? Yes and yes. As I mentioned, second all-time in catches. You mentioned fourth in all players' catches, second in tight end catches. Mm-hmm. He's absolutely a first ballot Hall of Famer. And... If it was questionable, he has the Dallas Cowboys star on his resume to kind of help him out there. Oh, so. yeah. NFL likes him. Absolutely. Ah. First ballot. Yeah, absolutely. He's a headliner. I, I, don't, I don't think you can you can dispute that. I think uh, that's one of those speeches. That's one of those players that you look forward to seeing get, in, yep. get inducted. Into and, you know, being a Cowboys fan, assuming he does get in, I plan on being there. I mean, I've always wanted to go to the Hall of Fame, but that's a good opportunity yeah, for me. But Rob, I'm hoping we are in agreement here. Yeah, yeah, I believe he is. For what he's done on and off the field and the impact mm-hmm. he's had on the franchise and the young guys, I just hope Jerry lives long enough for his Hall of Fame induction. That's right. Let's move on to another ex-Cowboy. This one might be a little bit easier uh, to talk about with, with Ty and Elliott. Des Bryant, of course, also not a part of the Cowboys anymore. Uh, a little bit of a different route, though being released this offseason. Uh, he still had uh, another year or two on his contract, so he's actually still looking for a place to go. And a lot of us figured right after the draft, he said he was going to wait after the draft to pick a new team. He is still a free agent. So what's going on here? Who is, uh, who's probably the front runner for Des Bryant? Who should probably be the front runner? as in who, uh, who would benefit the most? And why hasn't he signed yet? Rob, I'll let you start off on this one. It's surprising to me. I know he's got some character problems, and he could be a distraction. But he could definitely help still at his age. Mm-hmm. He's only like, what, 28 or 9? Yeah, he's not old. I think he's got an edge on his shoulder for sure now. Um, he wants to stay in the NFC East, and I think it makes sense for him to go to the Giants. They cut Brandon Marshall, so they're in need of a second receiver because they've got Shepard at He's yes. the slot at three. Mm-hmm. But I, I disagree with you. I think that is that I, is a firestorm yeah, waiting yeah, to happen. It is. I, th- I think it's a good show for TV. But If I was Eli Main and that, that happened, I'd run away well, from Well, I'd him. like to see him take Eli's head off. But 
I think the two teams to look for are the Giants at minimum and Patriots at minimum wage. So you still think that there's a chance he plays within the division? Oh, I think the favorites. Because I know that's where he wants to play. I think the favorites are the Giants and the Patriots. There's some reason they cut Brandon Marshall. I think they're just waiting for. It his could Marshall. be because he sucks. No, they're they're good. <laughs> they, they, they need to replace him. No, that's not that's not that's not a fair statement. I don't think. I, they I need think to replace. He was injured. He was injured. Last he was time. injured, but and 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 it's tough to learn a new system like. We, we all take that stuff for granted, too. Like, it's tough to learn a new system, get in there, get it. Get yeah, their playbook. But he's not any younger. Yeah, their playbook. Maybe sucks is a little not, harsh. Yeah, it's a little harsh. That's, that's all I was saying. Well, my thing harsh. is they haven't replaced him. Speaking of harsh, the shot at Ellen. Sterling Shepard. The shot at Eli Manning. Not not cool. Sterling cool. Shepard. I hope they hope he takes he's his hat off. Come on. He's the he, slot guy. He he's not, he, I don't think he's a two. Well... I, if I you have a slot as good as Sterling Shepard, you can plug someone else in the two. Had, and especially your one is Odell Beckham. If you gave me a hundred dollar <laughs> bill, I mean, had to say where he's going. Who cares who your number two is? I'm putting on the Giants. I think he's. It's going unbelievable to how quiet that they've kept this. You know, I, I have not heard even an inkling about where he's headed. He, no, he I shot, think that might be because is there a real is there a true lack he, of interest in Des Bryant? No. He declined. People the, will come out to the media and say, "Yeah, we're not really worried about it," and then they'll be like, "Hey, Des, we'll take you for minimal." The Ravens offered a three year deal at seven million a year for a total of twenty one. He wants he, a one year. He wants deal. a one year deal. I still think he, he wants to up, prove himself. Yeah, thank and you. Still because he wants more. He wants the money. Yeah, as, he wants an Alshon Jeffrey deal like. He was with the Eagles for one year. He played well. He got a big payday. But my favorite is obviously the Giants. So, Todd, Des Bryant. No, I touched on it, basically. I, I gave what I had to say. I, I just think it's impressive how they've kept it quiet. Um, I'd like to see him end up with somebody like the Seahawks, who have lost Jimmy Graham now, uh, would revitalize their red zone threat. Uh, Russell Wilson could use – Russell Wilson – Correct me if I'm wrong, but has never really had that number one dominant receiver. Maybe a Sidney Rice early on. Uh, no, I think I, you're right. I think I don't think he's really had. Doug Baldwin's been good, but he's not uh, like a headliner. They misused Jimmy show Graham. Up the they misused Jimmy Graham, and when they did finally start to get that thing clicking, he started scoring touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, they, exactly. And I had him on my. And that was after that was after they lost that dominant run game. Remember when right. they had Marshawn Lynch in that Super right. Bowl? There was no Jimmy Graham. Yeah, and they did. A lot of read option stuff with Russell, but yeah. but I'm saying if they if they could give him just a dominant receiver in Des Bryant, I think the Seahawks would be a great fit. Yeah. Seahawks, because wow, Pete Carroll a- has a has a nice job of it does a nice job of reigning in those attitudes as well. I mean, he, I mean, he reigned in Marshawn Lynch for quite a while. So Rob's talked about the Ravens and the Giants. Ty's brought up the Seahawks. Oh, wait, you got a new team that might be interested in Des Bryant. Why hasn't he signed yet? I, as Robbie said, he's waiting to sign to after the draft. Um, I'm not sure why it's taken quite this long. He has lost a little bit. He doesn't get the separation like he used to, but he's still a valuable red zone threat. Mm-hmm. And especially now, like Rob said, he has a chip on his shoulder. That He's going to want to prove it. He wants to take that one-year deal. That's, that's telling you everything you need to know, in my opinion. I actually was going to say the Packers because I feel like he needs a veteran quarterback, accurate quarterback, to get him the ball in the right spots. But Ty, Ty made me second-guess that. They just acquired Jimmy Graham, even though they lost Jordy Nelson. So that's kind of why I was thinking Packers. But the Seahawks would be a great fit, in my opinion. You've got the quarterback in Russell Wilson. They lost Jimmy Graham. He brought up a good point with Pete Carroll. Not only does he seem to reign in attitudes, but he gets the most out of veteran players. And I think that's what you would have here. So I'm going to say Seahawks. 
That's it. Another Seahawk pick. I'm Robbie. You sound like you look like you might have had something. Well, we were. Um, I'm, I missed only uh, my part. He we're talking about a receiver that has the record for the Cowboys for touchdowns. Yeah, you got he Michael did. Irvin. He surpassed yeah. that this past yeah. year. He's not somebody, some scrub. No, he's not. He's not slouch. I don't think. I, don't I'm, think I was good. thinking to myself, you know, a team, maybe not exactly this team, but a team that has made the moves this offseason that you're thinking they're going for it this year. Like they, they think that they can win a Super Bowl this year. And a team that stands out to me would be the St. Uh, I was about to say the St. Louis Rams, the Los Angeles Rams. Look at the acquisitions that they've made on defense. Adding a receiver like Des Bryant to the outside, I think, could be a definite option. I know they've especially got, if that's for that that veteran minimum that, yeah, they, that we're talking about. Well, they've already dished out some big contracts too. Right, and I had read a report on NFL.com that some teams had floated that veteran minimum out there, and they're not finding matches. So I'm not sure. If, I, I actually think there might be a genuine lack of interest in Des Bryant right now because of two reasons. One. The draft is over. So if teams had wide receiver needs, did they already address them in the draft? And two, the big free agent splash was a month or two ago while Des Bryant was still under contract with the Cowboys. So we you know, kind of put him in a bad position there with, with that kind of release. Now that's strategic in our part, but it kind of hurt Des Bryant as in the, the time that he hit the market. I'd say a team like the Rams, who have made those acquisitions, they can make another one. Especially with a one-year deal, if it doesn't work out, that's fine. He moves on to a different team. But they look like they're a team that wants to win now. They had a great season last year. They're looking for more progression out of uh, Jared Goff. Of course, they got McVay. I'm sure he can find ways to use Des Bryant. Their receivers, if I'm not mistaken, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and who is the other starting one? It was Sammy Watkins. Is he still under contract? He's Watkins is gone. Now. He's a chief now. He is with the Chiefs. Yeah, because yeah, the Cowboys actually made a run at him as well. So if they could add Des Bryant to that, I mean, my God, how dangerous could that be if he gets back well, to I think he some of the form that good he used fit to there. be? Yeah, I, I, I think the Rams. definitely getting a well-motivated player. That's a great point. Yeah. Um, so uh, a couple things that I wrote down before we uh, move on to some hockey here. Uh He's looking for a one-year deal. I think he should have found a taker by now. So I really do think that there's a just a genuine lack of interest in Dallas. Oh, the LA Rams also got Brandon Cooks. Oh, they, they, they do Good get Brandon call. Cooks. So um, maybe that's... Well, I think some of it is, too, that um, I think it's a little bit of a stare down with Des wanting a little bit of money and these teams not offering anything. So if he wants to play, and I do believe he does, I think he'll end up taking the lower deal. I know, I know Rob mentioned the Giants. I... I personally think that would just be a disaster. I, I don't think that would work out well. I don't think there's enough footballs to go around for for the tight end there. Um, uh, Odell Beckham and then Sterling yeah, Shepard. Yeah, Evan Ingram. Um, but, you know, I, I think that his hopes of playing the division are going slim. I think if someone like the Redskins or the Giants won him, they'd have got him by now. You know, they want to sure up that they have someone to play against us twice a year. Now, I hope the best for him. As long as he doesn't play within our division, I will root for Des to have a to have a comeback year. I, I really don't have anything against him. I think the most likely most uh, most likely scenario, he ends up a dark horse AFC team. You know, maybe he just finds a spot over there. I hope we hear from him again. Like you say, he's, it's not like he's really old at the tail end of his career. But we'll see what happens. Um, we're going to take another break. We're done talking about the NFL for now. Uh, when we come back, we've got Ty talking about the Caps and the Pens. Pretty good hockey series. We'll be right back.
right, welcome back to 9 to 5. Uh, we've got one more le- uh, category left for our starting five, our starting lineup, and that is the Caps Pens Hockey Series. And for that, I believe that Elliot, Rob, and myself have agreed to turn this over to the hockey expert here on our panel and the big Caps fan, Ty Comer. So, Ty, take us away. What are we looking at now with the Caps and the Pens? I'm going to start with the regular old, let's go Caps! Uh, if anybody has been to the Caps arena before, there's one guy in there that is loud enough to make his voice heard throughout the entire place that yells, let's go Caps. Very entertaining. Uh, but the series has been so hard fought. Um, the, I'm really proud of the Caps. They were not the same team coming into the playoffs this year. Um, a lot of teams thought, or a lot of people thought that this was probably one of their weakest years within the last three or four. I know we've won the uh, the President's Cup uh, two years out of the last three, I believe. Um, so it, it's been really good for the Caps. They still won the Metropolitan Division, and they're still the number one seed, so that's a big factor here. They are going to take the uh, home, home ice advantage. Um, you've got uh, the Caps just playing really, really well. Uh, Holtby has reclaimed his... Rightful spot. We tried to mess around with um, Philip Grubauer for uh, the very beginning part of the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets series. Grubauer is a strong goalie, but he's not our guy. We're, we're not paying Philip Grubauer to be our, our Stanley Cup winning goalie. Uh, Braden Holby has been that for the past few years. While we haven't gotten the job done, Holby gives us our best opportunity. Uh, Holby found his way back in in the Columbus series. We won four in a row behind him. Uh, he's been the Holt Beast. We watched him last night uh, over at my Uncle Paul's. Made uh, 28 saves through two periods. Uh, for you non-hockey experts, that's a lot of shots to take in two periods. Uh, we were taking a lot of penalties, so they were on the power play. They had more players on the ice than we did. Uh, most of the night last night, Holtby stood strong, uh, stood his ground. The only goals that they had last night were off of crazy deflections off of Sid's hand um, and, and, and things of that nature uh, for Holtby. He got shielded on one of the goals, uh, but he's been playing out of his mind. He's been that guy for a long time for us that once he gets into the playoffs, he, he flips a switch and he's there. He's, he's the guy. Um, it's been really fun to watch. They won last night 6-3. to three. Yeah, six to three. Uh, they had an empty netter at the two empty netters at the end, um, so it was a little bit different, uh, literally a little bit different ball game there. Um, but it was it was just good to watch the Caps. They had some goals being scored by uh, people like Jacob Vrana, not your typical scorer, but he's stepping up now that Free Willy Tom Wilson is uh, out for three games after a ridiculous. Let me just. I won't get too much into this, uh, but Tom Wilson being suspended three games in the playoffs is ridiculous. I understand the guy is like a he's a hustle guy. He's always in scraps. He's always fighting, and so he's he's a repeat offender is is what I heard. Um, so they suspended NHL used this logic to suspend him for three games: one for the hit, two because he's a recurring. Uh, Recurring theme. He's a, he, yeah, he's a he's a repeat offender, and uh, the third was because of the guy that got injured. When the NHL has always been about not not looking at what happened to the person that got hit, they're not taking a look into well, this guy 
walked away unharmed or this guy didn't get in, this guy got injured. It doesn't, it shouldn't matter. Uh, and, and they suspended Tommy Wilson for three games. Uh, it showed in the first game we were very sluggish. We were sluggish in the second period last night. Uh, I think Barry Trotz got in somebody's behind, and uh, they came out in the third just on a blaze of glory and played unbelievable hockey in the third period last night. Uh, really looking forward to tomorrow night's game in Pittsburgh, game six, the Washington sports, all of them. That means Capitals, Redskins, uh, Nationals, and Capitals have been 0 and 14, 0 and 13, excuse me, 0 and 13 since 1998 in games that if you win, you go to the conference championship. Uh, we are 0 and 14, 0 and 13, and we're going to have our 14th. Hopefully not a 15th, but uh, if it comes to that, if we lose Game Six, they will have the Game Seven. Uh, in Washington. So that'll do it for, for me, guys, uh, with hockey. I will say that uh, half of each conference finals has been, um, has been determined. The expansion, Vegas Golden Knights won tonight, and that moves them on to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, they will be facing the winner of the Nashville Predators and the and the Winnipeg Jets, that's right. Um, Winnipeg Jets kicked their behinds last night, 6-2. to um, Not even a close ball game there. They scored one late to even make it look decent. Uh, and then the Eastern Conference Finals, Tampa Bay Lightning also won today over the Boston Bruins. So now they're just waiting on the Caps and Penguins. That'll do it for me for hockey. We'll be right back, fellas, with, uh, with the seventh inning stretch. And we're going to have a new game for you. So stick around uh, and uh, let's have some fun. Welcome to the seventh inning stretch, and today we're going to play some Who You Got. So myself and the panelists will be presented a choice between two players, coaches, teams, etc., and a scenario. And we have to choose one and defend our answer. The catch is we only have a minute and a half to do so. So, that being said, let's get started with round one of Who You Got. Here's the first round. Elliot, we'll start with you. Ty, will move on to you. Rob, you'll be third and I'll finish off each topic. So, round one, Roger, Rogers versus Brady. You're building an NFL franchise, and you have the choice between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, both in their prime, to quarterback your team. So, Elliot, let's start with you. Who you got? If I'm building a franchise, uh, I want Super Bowls. So, when the game's on the line, give me Tom Brady. I've always said I think Aaron Rodgers is the more talented player, but I do think they're both very smart players, but Tom Brady's been able to just do more with less, in my opinion. He, he's never had a big receiver until Randy Moss. You saw what he did with him, record-setting season. Rob Gronkowski, as we mentioned earlier, already broke the touchdown record for tight ends. That has something to do with Mr. Brady himself. It's just, as I said, if I'm starting a franchise, it comes down to wins, and Tom Brady, he exemplifies winning from... The top down, that franchise just has it together. They they find ways to win. They're better than everyone else. It's they've been a dynasty. So for that reason, Tom Brady is at the top of my list. So Elliot is going with Tom Brady, and he finished his topic within one minute. So Ty, we're going on to 
your pick. Round one, Rodgers versus Brady. Same question to you. Who you got? Just for disagreement's sake, I'll say I'll take uh, Aaron Rodgers. And for me, it's more about he. Elliot, you said he's the more talented player. Uh, if we're starting a franchise and building around him, yes, I I concur. Like I, I totally agree with the whole Super Bowls thing with Tom Brady. But for me, it's more about a, a leading standpoint. And and the leader that I would like to have on my football team is a guy that doesn't get too high and a guy that doesn't get too low. I've seen for years Tom Brady chew on his receivers. Sometimes when I'm pretty sure it's his fault. Uh, I just want I want a leader that will R E L A X as the uh, aforementioned Rogers would uh, would like to say. Um, I just I really enjoy watching him play. I think he's got the best arm in football. I think he can do more for you. I think um, without a good running game, without a good defense, without a without a receiving core, he's going to be able to move the ball a little bit better as long as he can stay healthy. And that's been a big problem for him, I guess. And and, and that could also be a uh, a thing that goes against Aaron Rodgers. But uh, all that being said, especially for disagreement purposes, I'll go with I'll go with Aaron Rodgers, uh, the boy that has the chip on the shoulder that slipped in the draft from California. All right. That's one for Brady and one for Rodgers. It's now time to move on to Rob. Rob, you're building a team. You've got Brady and Rodgers both in the prime. Who's going to quarterback your team? Who you got? Um, I think it's pretty obvious it's Brady. Um, just read off some stats for you for fun. We've got the NFL record holder for the most playoff wins and the most playoff games started. He's 27-10 and 10 in the playoffs. It's a playoff record. That's 73% success rate. I'll take that. Um, Five-time five Super Bowl champion, four-time Super Bowl MVP, three-time regular season MVP, 13 Pro Bowls, five-time first-team All-Pro, two-time NFL Offensive Player of the Year, three-time NFL Passing Yards Leader, four-time NFL Passing Touchdowns Leader, and a career rating of 97.6. The numbers are just outlandishly in his direction. You have, compared to Aaron Rodgers, he has 41 game-winning drives to Aaron Rodgers' 17, he's got less than half. And 17% of Aaron Rodgers' 17 game winning drives have came against the sorry Cowboys defense, who he just, he is their dad. But I just think it's obvious you go Brady. He's just a winner. That's all he does. He wakes up in the morning and he pisses excellence. So we're taking, we have already stooped to the level of stealing from one of Will Farrell's um, films. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. Yeah, I just want to be. I just want to be clear. I mean, I think the obvious answer here is also Brady, but just for argument purposes, and plus, I like Rodgers. Oh, I, and, I, and I hate and Rodgers. Rodgers is nine and seven in the playoffs, barely over fifty percent. This this is not for argument's sake. I'm going with the more talented quarterback. I'm going Aaron Rodgers. I'm going with someone who is capable of making every throw. He can make the throw downfield. He can make the short. Uh, five to ten yard passes, which is what a lot of Brady's repertoire is anyway. And he can make the screen passes. He's a smart quarterback. He knows what he's doing. He'll put butts in the seats. Now, obviously, Brady will too, but I've got the commercials. I've got the personality that people like in a quarterback. He's got that leadership mentality. Uh, you talk about you want a guy that gets not too high, but also doesn't get too low. I like quarterbacks that have uh, 
short-term memory when they throw that interception. They don't they don't mind to come back out and, and keep firing. Uh, when you talk about Super Bowls, obviously Brady has them there, five to one. Uh, but if you also look at the talent around Green Bay, I think that Brady's had a little bit more to work with, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. And I also think that the coach has made a big difference in this too. Now, I don't think Belichick could do what he did without Brady, but I also think Brady couldn't do half of what he did without Belichick. I think it was a great relationship. And so I'm going to take Rodgers for carrying that team when he beat the Steelers in that Super Bowl. I know Rob's made some pretty harsh comments about uh, uh, about about Mike McCarthy, but I'm going to take Rodgers in this one. If I'm building a team, I want to, do I want a quarterback that is restricted to staying in the pocket, or do I want a quarterback that is ready to roll out? So I'm gonna take the one to win. I'm taking I'm taking the one that if I put in that situation that could probably win the same amount of Super Bowls as Tom Brady. Oh, excuse me, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers. James Starks. Taking Aaron Rodgers. James Starks is the reason they won. Excuse me. Excuse me. We, we gotta we gotta move on. But uh, the, no, no, my, no, my, no, no, no. We're not gonna let this go. No, no, we are gonna, gonna let this go. Brady topic. Forty-one game winning. Robbie, Robbie, we have to go on. Tom Brady kisses his son on the mouth. is win. Round two in our twelve-year-old son. He's kissing him on the mouth, folks. Donald or Rosen. We're going in the same direction here, so Elliot will start us out. Sam Donald and Josh Rosen are both rookies on new teams, but aren't currently first on the depth chart. Someone is getting promoted first, so Elliot, who you got? I think we're going to add one more who you got before we get into this. Giselle or Danica Patrick? I'll throw out Lane Kiffin. Who's the better recruiter? That's what I look for. Tom Brady is obviously the better recruiter. He wins a life. He does. My God. But regarding the Sam Darnold. This is Olivia Munn before that. That's true. She's All right. Pretty high. Walsh. Well, he did. You're losing Loser. precious time. Okay. Sam Darnold, Josh Allen. I think Sam Darnold starts first. They both have competition in camp, but I do believe Darnold has the easier path to becoming the day one starter. He has Josh McCown, aging quarterback, played really well last year. But Teddy Bridgewater, is he healthy? We don't know. Sam Bradford's going to start in Arizona. So for my argument's purposes, I'm going with the guy who has the easier path to starting earlier. And that will be Mr. Sam Darnold. So Elliot's going with Sam Darnold. Another quick pick. He's still got some time there on the clock. Ty, let's move on to you. Who you got? Darnold or Rosen? Who's starting first? Well, just to be clear, we are going against Darnold and Rosen, right? I think you might have mentioned Allen. Allen's definitely going to be the, the starting quarterback first, if that were to even be a question because of the um, the Buffalo Bills' lack of quarterback um, players. You've got the kid that threw five interceptions and a half. Uh, and then you've, you've also got uh, oh, A.J. McCarron that name? they picked up. Uh, Nathan Peterman. Nathan, Nathan Peterman. Peterman. Yeah, Ooh, from Pittsburgh. Rough outing for from Pittsburgh. Also, if I may interject, the reason Josh Allen was on my mind is because I heard a rumor that the Cardinals actually wanted Josh Allen over Josh Rosen. So that is another point that I would make as to they may want to hold Rosen back and develop him behind Bradford. I still think it's Rosen over Bradford. I think people are just tired of Sam Bradford's mediocrity, and it's been that way everywhere he's gone after he's left Oklahoma. He was a Heisman winner, highly touted. People thought he was going to be the man. He's just not. He's not the guy that everybody thought he was going to be. And now I guess when you sign him, you have to basically just give in to the fact that he's not going to be that Heisman winner. Um, as you mentioned, Darnold has has Bridgewater and uh, McCown in front of him. McCown played pretty well last year. Teddy Bridgewater, I think, is has the chance to be a uh, a big time 
uh, franchise quarterback for somebody, whether it, whether it be the Jets or I thought he should have stayed in Minnesota, but that's neither here nor there. So I'm going with Josh Rosen right at the nick of the time, but I just want to hear the buzzer anyway, so I'm going to keep talking until it goes. Yeah, there we go. Now, now we're moving on. That's what we like, using that full time, getting that point in there. Rob, we got Sam Donald for the Jets, Josh Rosen for the Cards. Who you got? I think it's a tough one, but if I had to pick, I would say Darnold. I hope Rosen, because I like Rosen, I like his attitude. A lot of people don't like him, but I think it takes what a, a surprise. I think it, what a surprise. I think it takes folks. that cocky attitude to be successful. Um, you've got he's got Bradford in front of him. They might go with him because he's a veteran, but you're looking at somebody who's made 129 million dollars for playing a couple games because he's either hurt or he's being average, like Ty said. Um, Darnold, he's in a tough situation because of Bridgewater being in front of him. I don't think that um, the guy, who's the guy? I keep thinking Josh, uh, the Jets starter from last year. Josh McCown. Oh, yeah, McCown. Josh McCown. I'm, I don't think he's got much competition there. I think his competition will come from Bridgewater. Bridgewater. Bridgewater's there as well right. yeah. with the Jets. But and the word coming out on him is Todd Bowles is not sure that he is going to be a full participant in OTAs. That's my concern with yeah. Who's so not going to be a full participant? Bridge Still from that knee. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a little scary. But Darnold, and Todd Bowles has been glowing over him in these press conferences after the minicamp. So I think Darnold's got the edge on Rosen as of now. So Rob's going with Darnold. Todd, just a refresher, you went with uh, Rosen, correct? I did to go with Rosen, and Elliot, he also went with Darnold. Elliot with started with Darnold. I think this is no question. I think this is definitely Rosen. Um, I would go Sam Darnold because of the pressure of New York fans, what they would put on management to start the new guy as soon as whoever the starter would be starts to struggle, because whoever it's going to be, they're going to struggle eventually. Um, and so you know how the fans in New York are, can be, and they would put the pressure on that uh, – on that staff to start Sam Darnold from, from USC. But as someone that I look up to in the, in the broadcasting world is Tony Kornheiser, call Sam Bradford the human ace bandage. This guy is just hurt every year. Uh, I actually think that he's a pretty decent quarterback. I think a lot of people give him uh, a lot of crap that he just really doesn't deserve. I think he's got talent. Um, he has shown to be mediocre, but I have also think that when he's healthy, he's shown to be a pretty decent guy and can throw the ball. Um, but Sam Bradford, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't last three weeks. Um, and so with that, I'm going to say that uh, Sam Bradford will start in Arizona. He'll get hurt by week three or four. And then in comes Josh Rosen. I think Sam Darnold will have competition with Bridgewater as long as he's medically cleared to play. Um, we've talked about the OTAs and him not being able to participate in that. I think he'll have good tutelage by someone like Josh McCown. I think he's a good person to learn from. Uh, but I think Josh Rosen is going to get in there. And when he does, when Rosen gets that starting job, he needs to do one thing. He needs to go up to number 11 in that locker room, and he needs to say, hey, how do I, how do I need to act to be a professional? Learn from Larry Fitzgerald, young fella. You will be good in this league. You've learned from PTI. You go over the buzzer too much. That's right. <laughs> We've got one more to go uh, for our game. And this one, we're moving on to the world of baseball. And so, Elliot, once again, we'll start with you. This Might as well save me for last, to be honest with you. Oh, saving you for last. Save All right, so for, for this one, we'll go Elliot, then we'll go me, there you go. we'll go to Rob, 
And we'll save Ty for the last take. Because I think I'm going to be the only one that goes here. And so for here, this is Trout or Harper. So a Major League Baseball redraft has been issued. You're on the clock, and Mike Trout and Bryce Harper are both available. So, skipper of the new team, who you got? Quite frankly, I don't think it's close. It's Mike Trout for me. He's five-tool player. He's equal or better in every category than Bryce Harper. We've talked about being a model of consistency throughout this show, and Mike Trout has been that throughout his career. Bryce Harper has had a few injuries. He's up and down in the batting average category. He had one huge year, in my opinion, and... He's, he's a superstar. I think we may be a little biased being on the East Coast, seeing Bryce Harper day in and day out, massing, watching the Nationals. Mike Trout's kind of buried out West. We don't get to see him too often, but he is a bona fide superstar. The best baseball player I've seen in my life, just Mike Trout is the best baseball player in the league now and has been for some time. Also, he plays in a terrible hitter's ballpark and still puts up numbers equal or better than Bryce Harper. They have that marine layer that comes in in L.A. late at night, and that's when they play their games. It, it hampers his numbers, certainly. Also, Mike Trout has not had a very potent lineup around him throughout his career, which limits his RBI numbers, which Bryce Harper has had a stout lineup throughout his career. You, you have Daniel Murphy. You have Anthony Rendon. You had a Ryan Zimmerman in his prime for a few years. It's just it's incredible to me that people can even compare these two. Mike Trout is the best player. All right. Pretty obvious choice there. Elliot's going with Mike Trout. It's up to me now. Um, I usually go with players such as Mike Trout in a situation like this uh, between two players of this elk. And that's what I'm going to do here. Uh, He's a solid all-around player. He could be more marketable if not playing for the little brother in the L.A. franchise. I kind of compare this to maybe the Clippers and the Lakers. Um, or possibly the uh, the Jets, the Giants, whatever you want to call it. It was the Knicks and the Nets. Now, of course, they moved to Brooklyn. Um, but I think if he was for the Dodgers, I think we'd heard uh, would heard more about him. Him being in the West Coast obviously hurts because of the time zone difference. Us on the East Coast, we're uh, really close to DC compared to where we are with him. So we're obviously we're going to see more of a local coverage uh, with Bryce Harper. But you look, go back to what we were talking about with uh, with Brady and Rogers about that mentality. Not getting too high, not getting too low. I've seen Bryce get too high, and I've seen Bryce get too low. Uh, some of the uh, some of the outbursts, I like that he's putting some energy back into baseball. But again, uh, does that spark controversy on, on the bench? I know with uh, obviously it sparked something with was it Jonathan Papelbon? Uh, a couple of years ago. Okay, that's that, not even fair. He's a that, Phillies closer that came into the Nationals. He's he wasn't, a World he was, champion. He wasn't oh, wanted well, there. It, he wasn't wanted there. He might ahead. not have been wanted there. But it he, wasn't a fight with some other scrub. It was with Bryce Harper. Look, I won't complain if you give me Bryce Harper or Mike Trout. Uh, both of them are going to give you good marketability. But I'm going to go with Mike Trout if you make me pick. And so I'm waiting to see what Rob and Ty say about this. Trout over Harper for me in baseball. Well, I'll take Trout, but you know, if he was on a real franchise like the Red Sox, you might it'd be a no no decision. For the Yankees, no, no, not talking about the Red Sox. But, um, We're not talking about the Red Sox. You, you look at Trout; he's got a, Trout's got a three oh seven career average compared to Harper's two eighty four. He's got two hundred twelve home runs compared to Harper's one hundred sixty two. Harper would have a couple more home runs because he's only he's played one last year. And then the RBIs, he leads him by 159. 
So I'll, I'll give Harper some room on the home runs and RBIs, but Trout's just a better player overall. He's more durable. You can count on him being there. He's not going to go do the stanky leg into first base. <laughs> um, I like, I like. No, the, sir. There is some uh, pressure building up with one of our panelists here. I like uh, he's an American League player. He faces tougher pitching. Oh, his own base percentage is higher at four fifty eight, and like Elliot said, he plays in the pitcher's park. But I think by the end of the year, you, you could have Mookie Betts in that discussion, and I'll pass it on to Ty. Woo! All right. <laughs> That's two buzzers. For one panelist, and neither buzzer was related to time issues. We will will revisit this at the end of the baseball season. Was related to time issues. Ty, take it away. All right, here's my here's my point. Okay, I get that Trout has all the better numbers and all this good stuff. You guys want to talk about? Oh well, he plays in a pitcher's ballpark. Until last year, Houston wasn't worth a crap. Their pitching staff wasn't worth a crap. Seattle, other than Felix, has not been worth a crap for pitching. Texas, hitter's ballpark carries all over the place. And do I really need to go there with the Oakland Athletics? You play the Oakland Athletics more than any team in the league. This okay, that's that's what I wanna that's what I wanna know. You guys are going with him. Meanwhile, my man Harper is going up against a used to be dominant Matt Harvey, a Jacob deGrom, a Steven Matz. That's a lefty lefty matchup. That's pretty tough. Noah Sindergaard. Just teams like that. I understand we also have the Marlins, who had Jose Fernandez, mind you. Uh, so, also, I want, a, I want a guy that gets me to the playoffs. How many times has Trout made the playoffs? As I said, he's hey, I'm not sure we want to go to the playoffs. The Nationals pitching. The Nationals pitching. I'm not sure we want to go to the playoffs. How many times has he made it to the playoffs? Once? He has, or has, no, he made? He has no pitching. He has I, no it does one. not matter he to me. He no pitching. I'm not sure if we want to go to the playoffs. Until we picked up Scherzer, did we really have pitching? No. Harper got us there. Oh, no. Y'all's division. Harper's going to make a lot of money. Oh, he's going to make a lot of money. I'm not denying that. That man's going to make 400 plus. Harper is my guy. I'm going with that. Three trouts. Three trouts. One Harper. Folks, that's going to do us for our first ever game of Who You Got. Just a quick note to our listeners be sure to uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and through uh, Facebook as well. We've set up a page. And through that Facebook page, you can email us or message us individually some topics that you'd like to hear discussed on our Who You Got uh, game during the seventh and the stretch. Twitter as well. We have, we have a Twitter. Um, there you can also find our links to Google and iTunes and even, I believe, the Anchor. Uh, yeah. Right. Anchor app is another great Reddit way. Public for Android or Anchor. Right, so there's great outlets to put. Uh, we'll have this, these links posted on our social media outlets. But remember, Facebook, Twitter, subscribe to us on iTunes and Anchor. We're going to take another, uh, our last quick break, and when we come back, we've got some shout-outs for our two-minute drill, and that will finish out our podcast. So stay tuned. Okay, bets. He watched by the end of the year. He got hit today? All right, we're back on 9 to 5 Sports. It's time for the two-minute drill, and for today's two-minute drill... We're going to take some time and put some shout-outs out there to thank some of the guys that have given us support and have uh, helped us start up this podcast, whether by listening or by spreading this by word of mouth. So my shout-out is going to be two guys that I know in Northern Virginia, uh, Nate Silvis and Derek Berta. Congratulations to Derek Berta, by the way, on the recent birth of his son, and then Nate Silvis, who I spent 13 weeks teaching with uh, at, at an elementary school 
in Northern Virginia. So shout out to those two guys, and thank you for the support and listening to our show. Uh, I just want to shout out Mr. Zach Powell. I received a text from him this week that he had been keeping up with the podcast and really enjoying the content we were providing. He also gave some suggestions and thoughts that he had on our topics and just some some really positive feedback. And it was good to know that someone's listening and appreciating what we're doing. And we hope we continue to grow this into something bigger. And we appreciate all of you listening. Also, I want to uh, shout out Mike Trout. I would I would love to see him in a New York Yankees uniform. Can we just imagine next, the star? Next, next. I mean, we're out of that. Next. Uh, <laughs> I'll start. I'll, I've got two. I'll start with Chris Mercer. Chris, uh, you know. Through Jordan, uh, we've grown a lot closer. Me and Jordan have become best buddies, and uh, Chris, we really appreciate your support. Um, you've always been uh, you've always been a funny guy for us, and, and we've always uh, appreciated your input. and uh, And don't worry, we are going to get you on this show uh, by year's end, whether that be the Ryder Cup. I think you and uh, I think we'll bring Ryan Painter on as well for a spirited debate for the Ryder Cup. Yeah, um, and then. Uh, Secondly, my man Tanner D, uh, Tanner Dolphmeyer, uh, Cheeks as I like to call him. I love you, man. Congratulations on your new, uh, on, on uh, I'm sorry, on graduation. Uh, Tanner tells me that he, he listens to our podcast while on road trips, and they got a big one going down to uh, NC State this week. Go get them, Cheeks. Really rooting for you, brother. Ha- uh, happy Senior Day as well. That was uh, earlier today. Uh, love you, man. Proud of you. You've, uh, you've shown us all how to. Just keep moving forward, man. We're, we we owe you a thanks, man. We, we love you, and uh, with that, I'll kick it over to Rob. Well, I've got old Seth and his buddies in Shenandoah University. Old horse. Yep. It's I hear, old horse in a I while. hear I'm your favorite, so I'll keep try to keep up the good work for you and teach these guys a thing or two. <laughs> horse, thanks for listening to our podcast, buddy. This is Jared, by the way. Tell your friends to spread the word. Keep listening to the podcast. Before we close up the show, I know Elliot's got some uh, some news, um, maybe some previews for some upcoming shows. Is that right? Yes. Also, next week we're going to be recapping the Players' Championship. That's uh, pretty much called the fifth major in golf, even though it's not official. The players look at that as the most respected field in the, in the course of the year. So, Jason, <laughs> You know why it's respected so much? Money, 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 money. Very, very good point. High pot. As we saw, Jason Day won today at Quail Hollow. Uh, he's been a previous Players' Champion, so I look for him to show well there next week. And hopefully Tiger Woods can get the putter hot. Old lefty. He's going to win it. All right, folks. That's going to be all we have for you on this week's episode of 9-5 Sports. We want to thank you again for tuning in and listening with us, talking sports, uh, just like some random guys. Uh, next week, we've already mentioned talking some golf. We've talked some horse racing. And, of course, we're going to get into the normal stuff, some NFL, uh, NBA playoffs, and MLB. So we hope to see you again next week. Have a great week. And that's it for 9 to 5.